good evening, everybody, and welcome to the High Side Hustle here tonight virtually. My name is Bert Wojcik, alongside Adam Rubright. Chris Graham is our producer here tonight. And boys, uh, have we recovered from the Chili Bowl yet? <laughs> what a week. I what mean, a I week. I don't know what to do to myself. I think I'm still waiting for the Chili Bowl to start. Yeah, did oh, we get there? Yeah. There it is. Uh, what are we? We are not even about a minute into the show, and we've already made our first map TV burn. So well done, boys. Anyway, so uh, I mean, yeah. So that's, <laughs> go ahead, Adam. I mean, good lord, seven hours. Seven hours. You had seven hours to run four twenty lap consolation events, and do track prep. Like that feature should yeah. have started no later than ten o'clock on Math TV. Like, come on, yeah, be better. Yeah, be no, better. That was that was not good. That was really not good. They made some uh, fun uh, fun tweets that night throughout the uh, throughout the night last Saturday night. But hey, we saw some great racing here. We did a lot of great stuff here, like last week. You know, last Thursday. Once again, I want to thank everyone for joining us on our live stream last week. We were able to raise over eight hundred fifty dollars thanks to Victory Autoglass for matching our four hundred twenty five dollars. And then also the Dave Deucey Foundation and Beers for Charity were able to raise over their five thousand dollar goal. I believe it was five thousand, just about fifty five hundred bucks, if I'm correct. Uh, but uh, fifty four fifty was the exact total there, right there, and they wanted Which five is, grand. So absolutely let's, incredible. Yeah. So let's go for ten grand next year. Let's help them out a little more. But thank you everyone for joining us. Hi, Chris. Hey, how about on, this one? That eight fifty went a long way to those guys making their goal, and plus we got we got to know Dave Dusick, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then we get to go hang yeah. out with him at PRI next year. So let's roll, boys. Yeah, that's gonna be let's that's gonna it. be cool. I've never gone to PRI, so I think that'll be pretty uh, interesting. Absolutely, I think it'll be fun too. But all right, so let's get on to uh, covering the recap of the Chili Bowl here. First of all, don't forget to give us a like here on Facebook at the National Racing Network, or subscribe over on YouTube at National Racing Network. Follow us on Twitter with the High Side Hustle at High Side underscore Hustle. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Bert Wojo or Bert Wojo, excuse me, and Adam. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rubrite twenty two or at Adam Rubrite on Facebook. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash National Racing Network. Got a lot of cool stuff going on through there. All right, boys, let's start talking about the Chili Bowl. We'll go back to Friday night here and. Friday night might have been the best night of racing, I think, bar none. That was a lot of just dicey, good racing throughout the entire show. Uh, and Justin Grant went out there, the brand-new lid, smashed Nas uh, can on top of it. He picks up uh, the driller uh, – or, sorry, the prelim night win on Friday night, and he's been becoming a very dominant force on Friday night, Adam. He sure has, and it, 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 it comes down to, you know – Getting a pill draw and and running the absolute best you can. I, I forget exactly where he started in the heat race, but I know he had to work his way up to the front, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, that, that's the thing about this whole passing points format is that it's it pays to start in the back of your heat and work your way through. And that was one of the big things that helped get Justin not only into a good spot for the at the heat, but also getting that qualifier, which I believe started him six, and that was enough to get up there on the front row. But again, that was that was a lot of great racing. The track I thought was absolutely perfect. Gravel had it just right coming in there onto Friday night there with Justin Grant picking up the win over Kyle Cummins. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. put on a nice charge there towards the end there. Tanner he Thorson sure and did. He came, he came out of the B, if I believe so. It's Thorson I and, and uh, 
and Stenhouse. And Stenhouse made his way through the field on Friday in a hot second. I yeah, that was uh, that was. I think I'm gonna say he started uh, like twentieth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something like that. You're right here, looking at the notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe he started twentieth back there. But no, great. Just a great show there. But one guy that wasn't really a factor, and a lot of people thought he was going to be, was Aaron Reitzel. Where was he at on Friday night? Not really seemed comfortable in that CB Industries, uh, number uh, number 87. I think he struggled. He struggled pretty much all week, if if my mind stands correct. Um, and I think he, what, made, barely made it out of the, the C main Saturday, yeah. I think. So... I don't know the, the the CB industry cars, with the exception of um, Wyndham and Bell, there before he got upside down in the later stages of the race. I they I think that team struggled pretty much all week. Yeah, Bell and Wyndham were kind of the bright spots in that, but it was just it was kind of weird to see them how bad that they were. They struggled. They just did not get the right chemistry. I mean, it's you had some other teams really kind of be better, like that RMS team with Timez. That was. That was a nice run that they had there, too, along with, uh, I believe that's the team Grant was on, and then you had Clint Boyles on there, who had a really nice car out there. Um, but, yeah, they were not one of the uh, not one of the, the better teams out there. But I want to talk. I want to go back to this here before we move on to Saturday night here. Let's go back to Friday night for a second here. Bill Baylog's burn on Aaron Reitzel on how he would have wrecked him if he would have got around him. Not yeah, I think that fire. comes with the territory and the reputation that Aaron kind of has built himself over the last couple of years. Not necessarily in the 410 side of things, but uh, he kind of overdrives himself in that midget from time to time. Yeah, yeah well, he, he definitely does. But you know what? It is what it, it's not his bread and butter. It's not like the, the 410 where he's always, you know, up towards the front the entire time. So, I mean, it's kind of... It's, it's a new ground for him. Yeah, but if you think about it, I mean, with the exception of uh, Brad, the beginning days of Brad Sweet's career, he hasn't really run a midget all too often that much as of late, and he looked pretty pretty dang good all week. Sweet looked really good all week. He looked very, very good. So as we move on now to the Saturday night portion, and all right, so... Let's start out with first here. The flow coverage was phenomenal throughout the entire night or day, even like they were great. And but it really started to pick up when our guest tonight, Jason McDougall, started in an I main, and it did not look back from there. No, he. I mean, we were all calling for the soup and somebody to do it, and we were all wondering who the heck it was going to be that that made a charge like that through it. And turns out it was the Dukes, none other than. Yeah, and. Yeah, that was incredible. And then just to just to get heartbroken like that with that spin out there in the D main, um, and what I don't know how you want to call it because I mean it's it was so controversial at the time there because you want to see McDougal get in there, but yet what you know you got to go in there, you got to force everything you can there, and if the spot's there, you got to try and look around for it, and unfortunately. Golubek went a little bit too hard on, uh, or sorry, Colton Coyle went a little bit too hard on McDougal, and that was uh, that was kind of where it all started at then, and then Twitter just went nuts. Yeah, absolutely. In in a very short time, he became uh, the most hated man in the Expo Center, but not hate as in like genuinely hating someone, just 
disgruntled fans being yeah Bernal just disgruntled fans being disgruntled fans and you know it went from Sammy Swindell being the most hated man in the Expo Center to Bernal (laughs) yeah but let me tell you something Bernal did the right thing right after it went up and we thought you know everyone was calling for there's gonna be a fight in the pits this and that and he went right up and he talked to him and I believe it was they said on the uh, on the float broadcast there on how grown up that was for uh, Bernal to go up to McDougal right afterwards and I thought that was fantastic too but also it's gonna still hurt right away but the stain's gonna go away by Sunday and I'm sure they've had a long good conversation over the last couple of days on what happened and you know they're gonna move on from it oh absolutely I'm sure they they had their their talks at the expo center and then Sunday I'm sure they were probably they were texting or I'm sure one of them called each other just to to reiterate you know absolutely but, All right, so but then like again, when, when you're, what's that? I mean, then again, when you're when you're trying to get yourself into the show, you're, you're racing hard for the spot, and it, it, it sucks because the both of them went from in or almost in to the both of them were out because I Bernal got disqualified if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean that that has to that has to suck, but you know. The dude hey, got some. I mean, he has some he, talent, you know. I mean, he made his bed with that one there, but I mean, he owned up to it. I all the respect in the world for Ryan Bernal. As now, we'll move on to the Saturday night portion when Mav TV took over. And oh boy, all right. So, uh, <sighs> like I said, seven probably, hours. Yeah, <laughs> that was the longest race I think I've ever been a part of. It just felt so long and there was no net no need for it because the track I don't know why they felt the need to redo the entire track right at for no. an hour and forty five minutes. There was no need to because I that mean, track was really good at the beat and they did not do that for any other surface the entire week long. Maybe Tuesday night they probably could have got away with it if they really wanted to, but obviously the night ran long. But there was no reason to get to rip up that track and juice it up the way they did. That track only started really coming in with about 15 laps to go. And I feel like that could have been a much better race if they would have just yeah. let the track alone, maybe water the top, maybe grade down the berm a little bit. You want to take a half hour to do that? Go right ahead. But there was no need yeah. for an hour and a half delay to juice that thing up. No, that, that race should have started no later than 10 o'clock. And let's just put it this way. If there was any new fans tuning into the math tv broadcast like say you or myself had somebody over at our house to to watch the chili bowl and they're not a fan of motor racing nine to one odds that new fan isn't going to stay awake until one two no. o'clock in the morning like we would you know they probably yeah. crashed out on the couch at eleven forty-five and said the hell with it you guys mind if oh, I, I jump <laughs> in on this one here uh, absolutely i was no, gonna turn go over ahead. to you chris what's your uh, what's your thoughts on what happened here on saturday night well from a broadcast perspective, I don't necessarily envy Mav TV because you never know how long trap prep is going to take. But at the same time, they had five full days to put together pre, I guess, pre-canned packages that you could have filled in that time with, not just live interviews, but actual content throughout the week. In the course yeah. of that multi-hour mess of track prep, they didn't mention Jason McDougal once. No, exactly, and he was he was the biggest biggest hot hot topic of the day, in my opinion. That's it. That's oh, the, the quintessential chili bowl. Is the guy who runs the soup, the girl who runs the soup, 
and we heard nothing. Mm -hmm. Did you guys know there was a University of Oklahoma cheerleader that was competing? No, I did not know that. How do we not tell these stories? You know, yeah. Everything from no, gravy screaming like an idiot that let's go. We don't <laughs> talk about that stuff because we have Larson and Bell. No, yeah. but we'll ask teammates about his uh, girlfriend issues, apparently, which that's appropriate. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, that but, anyway, well, let's uh, talk about the racing now, shall we? Or do you have one more thing you want to say, Adam? No, no, I'm good. Okay, well, we are now that we've been it. What's your thoughts, folks, in the comments down below here? Um, what do you think of Saturday night? Do you think it ran too long? Do you understand why Map TV did it? What put it down in the comment section below? Read some comments uh, a little bit later on throughout the night. But anyway, the A feature, as you said, it was really juiced up there. But as that thing got wide and wider towards the end there, and it got that gnarly curve, which I think they were trying to go for, which was unnecessary in my mind. Larson was starting to stumble a little bit, and Bell was right there, but so was Justin Grant. Justin Grant really needed one of those late race yellows there, and I, I think the yellow. I think if we had a yellow a little bit sooner, that Bell's wreck would have kind of happened back um, a couple laps sooner. Then maybe Grant would have caught that lap traffic and got into uh, um, Larson there because Larson was okay through lap traffic, but he really wasn't pulling them throughout lap traffic. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think maybe after that, the bell flip there, I think Grant might have showed his nose a little too early, and because, because you figure, I think that happened on a restart when he tried to get in yeah. and like slide underneath him. I think if he wouldn't have done that and maybe waited till he got up a little bit more men- momentum, I think he probably actually could have got him because Larson was really stumbling on the top side. I mean, he was getting up over the cushion. He was getting the curb in the front end. was getting all squirrely. And I, I think if Grant maybe would have, like I said, held off maybe another half a lap or another lap, because I, I think when that happened, there was still three, four laps to go. I, I think he would have had a better chance at it. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Bell, you can't take away Bell's uh, credit there. Right? They're not, they're not Bell's uh, ability there. Because he tried everything he could, he just, that cushion was so nasty. That was a grimy curb up there, and, you know, that was, it was a, probably that was an Indiana cushion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was a like, big Indiana curb up there. But, you know what, yeah. all in all, as the race got better, the track got better, I think we could have better racing. they never touch it, as we said before. But Kyle Larson picked up his second straight Chili Bowl over Justin Grant, Tanner Thorson, Cannon McIntosh, and Darren Pittman round out the top five there, and, uh, that was yeah, um, how about Darren Pittman? He was the hard charger, wasn't he? Fifth to twentieth, yeah, twentieth to fifth. That was a uh, a hell of a run there for uh, Darren Pittman and Chris. I mean, and he's I'll, I'll bring you another. And one he's here. really struggled. Sorry, and he he's really struggled chili ball wise. Like not struggled as in he didn't have a good car. He just had no luck the last two three years. Like none whatsoever, and so it's really nice and refreshing to see him actually get a get a good finish out of it. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that everyone needs a little bit of luck here. And Chris, I'm going to bring you in on this one here. Kyle Larson, I tell you what, he he was so after that driller for how long there, and he finally got it last year, and then it just went on that absolute tear of four from in one year's time from Chili Bowl 2020 to Chili Bowl 2021. We are looking at 48 wins in feature events. That is insane for somebody in a one-year time frame to have that. And what Larson showed this past week, it showed he's not going to slow down at all. Yeah, I, 
it's almost crazy to think about the fact that the guy's going to go from whipping everybody on dirt and just hop right back into a cup car. You know, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a ton of 410 sprint car guys that are thrilled about the fact that he's driving for Rick Hendrick now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, to, yeah. we got to witness our generation's wow season. And yeah. Yeah. who would have thought that in 2020, that's the year that it would happen in. You know, the, all the things had that had to align to get Kyle Larson to running and winning 40-plus dirt races in a year. And we got to see how much of it. I mean, that's yeah. between flow, dirt vision, everybody that covered that run. It was just an incredible season. And even it local, was. too. I mean, to see that locally, too, for how many wins he got, the way he came in and just kicked everyone's ass on Speed Week. Um and then he comes in here, BC Outlaws twice up at Port Royal uh, towards the end. Everyone thought, I think the one thing that really is surprised me was that he was not as much of a factor in the Tuscarora 50 as what everyone thought he was going to be. I mean, obviously that's Lance Luis's race, but he was not as much of a factor in the Tuscarora 50. But still, you look at everything else he did throughout the last year. I mean, you're talking Silver Crown wins. You're talking late model wins, too, which he'll be running late model down all tech this weekend for Lucas Oil Series. Um, midget wins, wingless wins, Indiana Speed Week wins. Um, every discipline outside of NASCAR, he went and won. I imagine if he drove like a truck and tractor pole or something like that, he took it a limited modified out. He probably would have went out, won the damn thing, in one of those things. Um, he's More than just, likely. It's a generational talent here, Adam, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like that in our lifetime again. If we do. It's going to take something special to go up there and knock off the numbers that Larson did last season. I agree. Absolutely agree. That's like the Steve Kinzer and Sammy Swindell numbers like from back in the day. It's just astonishing yeah. what he did. I, I really, I would really love to see him in like a big block modified though. Like that's, I want to see how he would handle that. Yeah. And I, I think it'd be fun to see how he would done in a big block modified. I, I heard rumors that he was offered a ride at Grandview for Speed Week, didn't take it, but I think he should just to see, to say, hey, what the hell, let's go try it out here. So we'll cover some more a little bit here in a little bit. Right now we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, the promoter of the Fonda Speedway and also the Short Track Super Series, Brett Dale, will join us. Stay tuned. Yeah. 
out, man. You want to ride? No, I got my car, but I actually really need to go to the bathroom. Dude, are you okay? I am definitely buzzed. Yeah. I think I will take this, and I will take that ride home. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to High Side Hustle. Burt Wojcik, Adam Roop right here with you. Join us on the line here tonight. He is the promoter of the Fonda Speedway up in Fonda, New York, and also the Short Track Super Series Big Block Modified Tour, Mr. Brett Dale. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining us on the High Side Hustle tonight, bud. Brett, you there? I'm here. Okay. There we go. Hey, Brett, how are you? Can you hear us now, buddy? Maybe. Uh, all right, hold on one second here. We're trying to get a hold of Brett. No, he's there. We can hear him. See what's going on here. But uh, well, Adam, I mean, you can't talk about a better series right now than what the Short Track Super Series is on. I mean, We got him, Brett. All right, Brett. Let's uh, let's jump right into it, bud. How you doing tonight? I heard you're uh, down there at Georgetown doing a little, little last-minute practice before you head on down to uh, Florida. Uh, let's see here, Chris. I'm not sure if you can still hear us or not. We're trying to work through this here. Yeah, I just popped so. it up on the message board to, to Chris. All right. Yeah, we're trying to work through this here, folks. Uh, so, Brett, can you hear us? I can hear Brett. You I, guys can't I can't hear him at all. No. Yeah, I, we can't hear him. I can't hear them. Hey, oh. uh, can you hear oh. us? Can you hear us now? I heard him. Brett, can you hear them now? No. Okay. Hang on one second. Here, working through uh, technical issues. It's great. It's so much fun. Trying I cannot. No. Technology. Oh. Okay. So, so give us one second here, yeah, folks. We'll work right through it here. As working here. All right. Let's do this. I'm going to call Brett back. Right back here. Um. Yeah. I'll call Brett right back. You guys continue on your discussion that you were just on. Okay. okay, absolutely. So let's uh, let's try that then. So anyway, Adam, I mean, what we're looking at here is the Short Track Super Series, how they really try to make things work last year with, uh, you know, the pandemic and New York not being able to run. So really, they didn't really have a North region last year. And now the South region just became everything. But in May and June, when everything's starting to open back up, you really couldn't. We were still trying to find places to run. So what did Brett do? Not only that, did he go down south to uh, down to the Carolinas and uh, Mar- um, and then also Potomac, Maryland. That was yeah, that, fantastic. That Potomac they- show was excellent. I really enjoyed going down to that. Oh, that place is so badass. As we might have Brett on the line here now. Brett, can you hear us, buddy? And Brett, I don't think Brett can still hear us yet, so... Still working out, but anyway, yeah, that Potomac show that surprised the hell out of me on how great that show was because it was a track that the modifieds never really had been to before. Yeah, the hot laps is a little hairy. I mean, I can hear you. Especially the... Perfect. Let's get hey, you got us. There we go. Oh, hang on. Let me see here. Can you hear us now, Brett? Um, 
Okay, there we go. Now you guys should be patched into Brett. Sorry. All right. Are we good now, Brett? Can you hear us? Brett, can you hear the guys here? No, I can't. All right. I, I knew I could hear you, but... Yeah, we can hear him. He just can't hear us. Yeah, we can hear him. And I thought I heard me Hello? talking to him there. So, Hey, can you hear us? I think we have something goofy going on with Brett's phone connection here, with our connection to Brett, because I can hear him just fine over here. So let me work yeah, this out here a second, and we'll we'll get him right back. All right, we'll work on that here in just a second here. But anyway, we were talking about that Potomac show and how good that was. It was – and then just to see them just make it work with everything going on, it was phenomenal to see how, how great Brett and his whole crew went – be above and beyond to try and get a series going last year. Yeah, like you said, they, they went absolutely above and about, beyond to make sure that everyone got their, no, their racing. Not at all. The, the races that they did put on, they, they were some excellent shows. And it's always some great racing. I mean, and then, you know, even the endurance races, we'll talk with Brett here when, when we get him on here, hopefully, um, is that how good it was with the, uh, uh, the 200 up at Port Royal, the Speed Showcase 200. We were not expecting any long-distance races last year. And okay, guys, I have this one sort of worked out, but I'm going to have to do the interview with Brett here. So we're going to get J-Mac scheduled for next week, and I'm going to do the interview with Brett here in just a second. Okay. So there we go. So we're on the line here. We finally got things sort of worked out here. Brett Dio, promoter of the Short Track Super Series, on the line here. You guys are about to kick things off in Florida doing the big sunshine swing. Got to feel pretty good to have 2021 on the horizon here and ready to go. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty short off season for us. We you know we ran the uh the gobbler there at Georgetown on November 21st and um here we are getting ready you know, a couple of days away from rolling out for uh for Florida, you know. We did quite a bit of November racing this year with um you know, Louisiana went down to Arklatex and Chatham and then came back with the gobbler. And, um, you know, so it's been quick, but we're ready to get going. Yeah, you guys have a packed season here. And one of the interesting things is that a lot of your season is you're basically split in half. Your north season is almost entirely in New York, where very little racing went on last year. How what is your plan as states start to open up and what they're going to let you do versus not let you do? Um, you know, New York was really, really tough, um, you know, last year. And we did get a few races in with fans, um, you know, at Fonda. We have found some different creative loopholes to um, get things done. And, you know, it, I would say the beginning of the year uh, will still probably be kind of a carryover from last season. Um, but it does appear um, you know, that things are going to be more open, uh, during the second half, I would say, you know, I feel pretty good about the Fonda 200. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, our July 4th weekend, um, you know, I'm last year, I said, I wasn't going to celebrate my independence by being closed. And we opened up for those two days and, you know, I have the same plan this year. I definitely am not going to be closed for independence day. Um, you know, so we'll just kind of wait and see, you know, I think, um, you know, with Cuomo not uh, trying to sabotage an election, he'll probably open things up a little bit more than last year, what he was trying to do politically. And, 
um, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, I know Delaware is looking good. You know, we're, we've had a lot of conversations. Obviously, Florida's wide open. Um, you know, and I, I think the Lincoln opener will say a lot about Pennsylvania, you know, about what's going to go on there. So, um, you know, we're just hoping to run as much as we can, for sure. That's one of the interesting things that you guys have going for is you have a broadcast partner in Dirt Track Digest in DTD.TV that you get just about every show on the air. In fact, I think you do have every show on the air. One of the other interesting ones is your race up at Port Royal is going to be on Flow Racing. So you kind of have the best of both worlds here where you're going to get a lot of exposure and, and hopefully be able to make up some of that gate revenue and pay-per-view as well. The pay-per-view definitely helped us. You know, it allowed us to, to race when, you know, for example, when the Super Dirt Car Series didn't, you know. Um, you know we, had, we had a pretty favorable uh, agreement there with Dirt Track Digest, and we did quite a bit of racing. I mean, Fonda, we ran several events with no fans. Uh, you know, we did the North Carolina events uh, down at, at Ray Cook's track without any fans. And, you know, even Louisiana, you know, the realistic uh, deal of going down there during the week in November, um, you just knew that it wasn't going to be a, a grandstand blockbuster. But the, the television numbers, um, you know, were, were 40 to 50 percent over what those racetracks could hold as far as people. Um, so, you know, you start doing that and it lets you do some different things. And, you know, I know for the Florida tour, there's, there's tremendous interest in people watching from the Northeast, um, especially with the field of cars we have for the sunshine swing. So, um, you know, it's changed the game. It's, it's definitely changed, changed the whole way we do it. And that's for the better. Yeah. And especially for places, you know, things like the Cajun swing, the sunshine swing, People see a, a number of ninety four ninety nine or ninety nine ninety nine or whatever it is for those five nights. When you really think about it, that's a whole lot less than what it's going to cost to get you to Florida and to see those races live and in person. So, I mean, you really can't beat that deal, I guess. No, you know, and you, you're sitting in your living room and, you know, there's no flights, no tolls. Uh, you know, you, as soon as the modified feature's over, um, you know, you, you turn, the, turn the TV off and you go to bed and go to work the next day. Um, you know, it, it really is, a, it, it, it's an affordable, you know, week of entertainment. I mean, we're, we're looking at Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, you know, with the modifieds and the great sportsmen. And, you know, we, uh, you know, I'm not a big believer in, in totally giving away, you know, our product. I think our product is entertainment and when you start doing you know start getting close to free um you know what do you really have to sell you know I, i'm a believer in what we do and um you know i think that the pricing of their track digest is fair um you know for for what we're presenting and i've told everybody you know anybody that's complained about the 94.99 um my ticket is 169,000, so i'll trade with them at any time is that kind of the argument against putting the racing on flow where yeah, the math works out to 11 cents a race, but in all reality, where's the true exposure when you're competing with, you know, USAC and the All-Stars and everybody else for eyeballs? You know that your fan base is going, they want to tune in for modifieds and that's what they're going to get. Yeah, I'm, it's, you know, there's positives and negatives to both, um, you know, flow and uh, it's done a really good job of getting exposure for a lot of different people and different venues and, you know, DTD it's done a really good job for us. Um, you know, you just have to look at, you have to look at all sides of what works for you at the time. And, 
you know, for, for right now, DTDs, you know, they've done a good job for us. Um, you know, the, the production is good. Um, you know, they're very good with the pre pre-race shows and the, the advertising and, you know, they are the heart of the modified market, you know, for, for Northeast modifieds, that's a go-to place for news. And, um, you know, it does work out well and we've been able to market each other. And I think, you know, the series has gained from, from DTD. And I think they've benefited too from us, you know, it's, it's been a good relationship. Yeah. So now that you're getting ready to head down to Florida, um, you've got some big events coming up here in the Northeast as well, but tell everybody who might be watching down in Florida about the sunshine, sunshine swing, and where you guys are going to be running and how they can come out and see you guys. Uh, we're going to kick off Tuesday night um, with open practice at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala. And then uh, Wednesday night is locals night. So anybody in Florida, anyone with a Florida ID can come into the grandstand free of charge um, to check out our modifieds and our style of racing. Um, so Wednesday night will be locals night. And then we race Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, at Bubba Raceway Park, the the payouts get bigger as the night goes on. We start out at 4,000 to win Wednesday. Um, and then we end up at 8,000 to win for the uh, modifieds on Saturday. Uh, the crate sportsmen are there as well. It's 1700 to win the first two nights and, uh, 2,250 to win the second two nights. Um, so it's a great payday for them too. And, um, seven o'clock all four nights. Um, it'll be, uh, like I said, live on dirt track digest and our practice night, um, we've got a good sponsor in uh, Precision Hydraulic and Oil, Joe Infante. He's sponsoring a, a free preview. So you can go to the Dirt Track Digest Facebook page or the Short Track Super Series Facebook page and watch the entire practice for free um, thanks to Precision Hydraulic and Oil. Well, there you go. That's uh, sounds like a full fun week of racing here. And we know you're busy, so we'll let you run here. And uh, good luck down in Florida, and we'll be watching on DTD. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brad. Have a good yeah, night, bud. All right. There we go. There's go. Brett so there you go, there's fellas. Uh, Brett Dio, and we, we should be having some fun here. I think so. I think it'll be a, a good series coming up here with the uh, Short Track Super Series down at Bubba Raceway Park coming up next weekend. And, uh, yeah, there there's a lot of good racing coming up there. And, plus, you know, and Fonda has been putting in a lot of great shows as well. And, uh Really looking forward to see what Brett's gonna gonna have this year. Yeah, me too. I I, I can't wait till we get the modified season rolling. I, I'm a big sucker for the modifieds, even though everyone that knows me thinks that I would rather go to a four ten sprint car race. Eh, it's debatable, but you know, I, working on, on modifieds. Depends is, on what the show is. Yeah, yeah, and but you know, working working on modifieds for the last god twelve thirteen years. I have a soft spot for them. I, you know, if I can go see a good modified race over a sprint car race, I might take you up on that offer. Yeah, well, that's true. That's very true. I've skipped a couple four ten shows to go see some modified. Well, hell, you and I, we did that last year. We went down to Potomac and we skipped Susky or Baps, I should say. Skipped that to go down to uh, go down to Potomac, and that was a hell of a show. Had a lot of fun down there, and uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's okay. It's okay for mud turtle folks, and mud turtles are getting a much better appreciation. In Central PA, you know, they're going back up to Seals Grove for the icebreaker. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I've never seen modifieds up at Seals yes. Grove before. You've never I'm, seen modifieds so, up at Seals Grove. The two times I was able, I was trying to get up there for them, the first time snowed out, and the second time is when uh, ROC still had it. And uh, it uh, and they only had like 12 cars because they were going up against New Egypt that day. And then they only had practice down there, and then everyone booked out the Port Royal for the nightcap. 
there's been some good races. I mean, like I, I've only pretty much been there crew wise, um, with the small block stuff, but you know, like that place is just so racy. It, it, no matter what division is there, you can put a freaking road runner yeah. on the track and it's, it's going to be racy, but you know, it, from, from my years of, of helping on a car at the icebreaker, we've never really had any luck other than when we went from like eighth to first and the Concy. <laughs> and then I believe, I believe the next year we uh, wrecked in hot laps, but Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, yeah, but I, it, it's looking so, uh, um, it's, it's looking like a good season for Brad. Um, I, I just can't wait to get the modified uh, season rolling on here down the road here at some point. Yeah, I, I like a lot of what Brett's doing. You know, he's he started the series as just this little thing, a couple races here or there. And he's pretty much got a race every weekend now, depending on the north or the south. And you, you figure he added in that Louisiana deal plus the Georgetown stuff and plus the Fonda stuff. And he, he's a, he's a very busy man. I don't know how, how on God's green earth he gets everything done that he does, but Hey, hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick here. What's the drive from Fonda to Georgetown? It's insane. Uh, a lot. And it's Brett's got, doing it's, that a couple of times a week. That's ridiculous. It's, it's I, know, be I don't know how Heather doesn't kill him. <laughs> enough that's what i think it is enough that i think that that heather doesn't kill him i don't know how she doesn't do it but hey by the way congrats to heather on being cancer this week uh very proud of you girl so uh congratulations on that and uh she's able to go down to florida with brett so very happy for that but yeah i mean we're looking at a lot of a great uh great things coming up here so all right folks we're gonna take our second commercial break here of the night we'll be right back with more high side hustle stay tuned at 600cc performance our roots run deep in cc racing a leader in fuel injection dyno tuning wiring and diagnostics with over 15 years of experience in building and tuning you can count on us to get you to the winner's circle whether it is diagnostics sales or service 600cc performance is your source for everything cc racing find out more at 600ccperformance.com if there's one thing every car guy hates, it's cleaning the garage. Do you want to take most of the time and hassle out of that job? Then call Zone Garage of Eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Agnes and her crew will have your garage, shop, basement, or even your porch looking great all the time. With unique patterns and designs, plus the ability to incorporate your logo or any artwork, your space will never have looked better. Installation is done in one day, guaranteed, and Zone Garage offers a 20-year warranty on the top coat. Their coatings are durable, anti-slipped, and impact-resistant. Give them a call at 570-856-6067. That's 570-856-6067. Six zero six seven for Zone Garage of Eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Like 
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Side Hustle. Bert Wojcik, Adam Rubright with you here tonight. And we are going to get Jason McDougall on the phone here. We're going to have Chris Graham, our producer, do the interview with all some of the issues we'll have. We'll try and get them straightened out uh, next week. Hopefully, we're back at the Westie next week. for uh, We'll get everything figured out there. But, uh, Adam, let's talk about it. Jason McDougall, the run of the night. It was phenomenal to watch. He probably would have got in at least, I think, the B throughout if he would have uh, had that uh, running with Ryan Bernal. I think he probably would have got to the A, honestly. When when you start out the day racing that early and you run through the soup like that, there's an old saying in, in sports, you know, whoever has the momentum is probably has a good shot at winning. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think with the, the amount of momentum and the amount of steam that he had coming behind him from the H main, like just think about that. He passed 56 cars total to get from the I to the the back of the D so that's damn impressive you know I, I, if if he would have got into the C there I, I think he would have been able to push his way up to the B maybe the A it all depends on how much his momentum would have taken him and how much in time in between races there he had to you know maybe I don't like the way the this right rear feels or I don't like this or I don't like that. You know, I mean, obviously he had a, a very, very, very fast car. But, you know, a lot of that goes with throughout the day, he didn't have much time to change much of anything. So if he would have had a little bit of time to, to think about it, like, well, maybe, you know, we need to add something here, add something there, change a tire. Maybe that would have messed up the whole run. And actually, gentlemen, <laughs> I have Mr. Jason McDougal on the line here. It's uh, a pleasure to be joined by the guy who's run the soup, <laughs> and this one's a ton of fun for sure. Mr. Jason McDougall, thank you for joining us on the High Side Hustle. Uh, thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. So we, uh, we got to see you run the soup, and one of the things the guys were just talking about, our, our regular host, we're in the middle of a technical issue here where, for whatever reason, the phone calls are not going through to the broadcast. So... Or basically, they can't hear you. Anyway, they were just talking about the fact that you had no time to think even during the course of of running that train wreck of a super run. How much time did you have, and and what kind of changes could you make to a race car in who knows how much time, depending on how quick the other main ran opposite yours? Yeah, um, so I kept... I kept track of like the time of when I got in and I had like a 10, 15 minute break before the D main and running from the I up until the D I had three and a half hours of being strapped in the car. Like I never got out. I had, I had some people bring me some waters and stuff, but other than that, um, you know, me and my crew chief and Carvener Bob East and Terry Clatt, we never really made any dramatic changes. Um, we ran through probably three or four of the first features they decided it was time to put some new tires on. But other than that, we never really made a swing at setup changes. One of the interesting things that it kind of got me thinking during the big lull that we had between the, the last B and the A main was you had a ton of time there. Did it go through your head at all of what would we have done here? Because that's really would have been your only time to make wholesale changes to the race car, knowing how much work they were doing to the racetrack. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got a lot of time to think on it and I'm not too sure that a lot of time hurts people in the long run of things. So 
worked. I mean, obviously, like, we had a lot of track time. I know they reworked it before the C's. But, I mean, they reworked it halfway through our features, and we still went last to second and made some track on people. But, um, I mean, my guys just take it with a grain of salt, and they know what they're doing. But I don't think they would have over-adjusted me or dialed me out of the racing. That was – it was a phenomenal run, and you mentioned Bob East, your car owner. Did the Silver Crown deal get done at the Chili Bowl, or was that already in the works, or, or what was the deal on that? Because now you're going to get to run the dirt races in the Silver Crown car. Yeah. Um, actually, when I first moved to Indy, uh, I don't know exactly what the situation was, but Brady wasn't going to be able to make a race in time, so he had me as the fill-in for him, and he ended up showing up, so – my first silver, silver crown race went to down the drain right then. But, you know, me and Bob have, we have a really good chemistry together. And he called me a couple of days ago and just asked me if I would be in for doing everything with him. And I told him, of course. And I mean, I can't say no to the guy. He's a legend. <laughs> that That's one of those names that you, you kind of don't shy away from. And it, it kind of leads me down the thought process of what if, another big name called you're known as a dirt guy but do you have any interest in getting into the pavement side whether that's silver crown you know an indy lights car like we've seen justin grant do or, or even an indy car yeah um i mean my i don't necessarily say my goal in life is to race pavement but my goal in life is just race or be around the racing community and to give back what i've been given but um now, Bobby used to talk to me, and he's he's always asked me if I'd be interested in running a pavement, whether it's we go break out the pavement midget or his pavement sprint car and go test somewhere. But obviously, you can't run with me with Kyle Hamilton being a driver. But he's worked on something, and I might run a few crown races on pavement this year. Uh, something tells me it may be surrounding those superstar racing experience events out there at uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park or whatever they're calling it now. Um, <laughs> it, it's been a, a really interesting year for you because it, it almost seemed like you were not trying to get out of the car, but it almost seemed like you were just going to be last man out in terms of rides that were available. What is your prospects look for the 2021 season beyond the silver crown car? Uh, you know, um, other than the silver crown car, I'm going to race probably five to 10 times on the midget side with Bob and. I mean, if he wants to go race, I'll go race. And the same goes for me. If I want to go race, he wants to go race. But only only thing we want to do is go win. So we're both as equally as competitive as we both need to be. And on the sprint car side of things, I'm, I'm going to continue working with KT. And he's, he's done a lot for me. And I, I highly enjoy working with him. You were one of the guys that we look forward to seeing out here on Midget Week and Eastern Storm and, and all that kind of fun stuff as well. Are you going to get out here to the East Coast this season? Yeah, that's the plan. And um, I'd I like to run the Midget Week. That's probably the most fun of midget racing you can have. The tracks are about perfect that we go to out there. Uh, that's it was funny we were hearing clinton boyles during the shootout they were commenting on you know how the pennsylvania new jersey tracks don't run the big curb like you guys do in indiana and clinton boyles just goes blanco is there is there a track that sticks out to you out here that you go man that's just like bucket list this place is a blast to run uh my favorite one i mean action track was cool i like path valley a lot uh 
Linda's was cool, but Lenko is the best one I've been to. Yeah, we uh, we get to broadcast every week from there, and, and they run the micro stuff. But, man, when you midget guys show up, you put on an entirely different kind of show out there. So, I, it really, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Normally, we finish with who do you got to thank and who's the sponsors, but I – who do you need to thank at this point looking ahead to the season? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just got to go. I mean, KT's taking me in from day one. He's the guy that got me moved to Indiana after my whole deal in North Carolina. He's the one that talked me into coming back. And um, Bobby is giving the world to me. So it's hard, to, it's hard to take in sometimes, but, you know, Bob and – whether it's Bob racing with Bob or racing with KT, they're both they're both family to me. All right, brother. Well, last question we got for you here. We know Miss Motorsports 2020 and 2021. Andrea Caps, a J Mac fan, but you got a bit of a shot in here for your Pennsylvania fans at the end of the Tulsa shootout. Uh, what, what do you want to say to to those fine folks out here as well? Oh boy. Um, yeah, me and Carver had, I guess we saw differently on a couple things, but uh, I actually ran into him at a bar during Chili Bowl, and I'm not mad at him. He's not mad at me. Uh, we drank a couple beers, and the way it went, I mean, I have no hard feelings. He has no hard feelings. I think it's badass that he did what he did, but um, I don't have a problem with anyone out there. I like coming out there. I like racing out there. I think race fans are probably second to none in the nation, so I respect it. Well, hey, that's something I'm sure the fans will be glad to hear here listening to the show. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. We appreciate the time, and good luck this season. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. That's Jason McDougal. Let's let's bring the boys back in here. What do you think here, gentlemen? We had an interesting conversation there with J-Mac, to say the least. Uh, I'm I'm surprised. Yeah. that it didn't come to blows with Mr. Carber when they uh, ran into each other. Well, it's kind of like the same thing, Chris, when we had with uh, uh, Bernal and J-Mac last week at the Chili Bowl. I mean, some people may car- call it karma other than that, but, you know, I, I was really impressed with him when he went out won the USAC uh, Easter Storm race down at Bridgeport when I believe that was the first year they had it on the uh, on the 3 eighth down there, and he did a hell of a job getting around that place and... Uh, you know, he looks really good. J-Mac has a lot of talent. The talent's there, and, you know, it's really good to see him have this opportunity and what he did this last week at the Chili Bowl, and now he's got the Silver Crown ride coming up here. It's looking like a really, really solid year, and hopefully he can land it back into a, either another weightless sprint or else maybe a full-time ride with the uh, USAC, uh, USAC and uh, Nazi Energy Missions uh, here, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to see him back in a car. I've been a fan of McDougal's for – God, quite a while now. I mean, I remember when I went out to Eldora there a couple of years ago, if there was one T-shirt I bought at, at uh, Four Crown Nationals, it was going to be his. And he didn't have anything that had like a car on it. It was simply just it just said JM and then underneath it, Jason McDougal. And that's all it was. But I was like through the roof to get one to get one of them. Because he is. I, I think he's one of the, the cooler personalities in um, – in racing and i wish he would get back in a 410 wingless because he puts on one heck of a show like we saw down there at bridgeport but you know he's he's been with kzj for quite a while now helping him with the car and you know 
sometimes crewing isn't isn't a bad thing, you know. You build them them no, relationships with people, and and it's it's nice to in his in his side of things, you know, it, it's probably refreshing to him to just work on one and like soak up the the fountain of knowledge that is Kevin Thomas Jr. Yeah, and I mean, there there is so much knowledge to be gained from KTJ. I mean, he's one of the best in the country right now. I mean, in the last couple of years, he's been right in the battle for the USAC Angelo National Sprint Car title. Um, it's come down to the last few races for him, but you know, it's it, that experience helps. You say crewing, it helps. I mean, you need to learn that car inside and out, what that car needs, and you know, yeah, being in the seat helps. But yet, if you don't know how to describe it to your crew or what part of the car needs it, then w- what's the point of it? So. I, it helps the crew that way you know that car inside and out. Exactly. And you figure Kevin can come in and and bounce ideas off of J-Mac because J, Jason knows what he's doing. He, he's been there. He's done it. You know, he, he knows what it feels like in the, in the car. And I'm sure that helps Kevin tremendously throughout the year of just having someone that he can truly rely on setup-wise. Absolutely. So, all right, folks, so that'll wrap it up for our interviews here tonight. Let's take a look at what we got coming up this weekend here. And boy, there's a lot of good stuff coming up this weekend here. Not only are we having uh, Lucas Oil Dirt uh, Late Mall Series kickoff uh, tomorrow night from down at Alltech Speedway. Tonight, Wild Wing Shootout out in Arizona Speedway. After they just had a hell of a uh, week with the uh, Wild West Shootout, which Johnson Davenport, boy, is. Superman back or what, Adam? Because what a weekend he had. Three out of six wins. He, uh, the only other one that came closer was Turbo Tyler with two, and Ricky Thornton Jr. got a win. But still, that was a $25,000 bonus there for uh, for Mr. Davenport there. And it's he matches win total already from this year, just in the first six races of this season. Yeah, he's... He's going to be tough to beat all year, I think. It, 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 instead of the last year, it was the year of uh, Owens. I think this year it might be the year of Davenport. That's absolutely. He's just he's looks that good right out of the box, and I, I think he's going to have a really strong year. Absolutely. Also, Kyle Bronson picked up the win. And also, um, uh, Kyle the high side Strickler went up there. Yep. Yes. Good. That's the good best first name in motorsports. First career World of Outlaws win. That was really, really nice thing to see. And it held off one of the best in business with Bloomquist. Yeah, how about that? We were talking about that last week about Bloomquist. Uh, was he going to be able to rebound? And so far, and Chris, I'll bring you in on this one here. Bloomquist has been able to kind of find his mojo. Maybe the hip is starting to feel mm-hmm. better and he's starting to get better feel for the car. There was talk this year's the 20th anniversary, the passing of Dale Earnhardt. He was in pain. He had broken his neck in 1997, I guess, Mm -hmm. and he never got it fixed until 1999. And he went into the 2001 season saying, I've never felt better. There's something to be said for when you don't hurt no more. The the results are going to come. It's going to be really fun to watch Scott Bloomquist this season. It really is. I I think last year... I think last year, you know, a big part of just how he was throughout the years, how much pain was he in? I mean, late models aren't exactly the easiest cars on the face of the earth to get in, plus all the G-forces when that thing's trying to rip you out of the goddamn thing. You know, I'm sure that didn't help, plus you have the pressure from the five-point harness on there. So who's to say? I mean, is Black Sunshine back? Is he feeling good? Is Does he got that mojo back because his hip doesn't hurt anymore? I guess we're about to find out. Well, we'll find out if he's running all tech this weekend. We'll find out. If not, we got to wait about another three weeks here till uh, the um, well, about speaking of off evolution. 
Speaking of all tech, I, how refresh? How neat is it to see Stuart Friesen gonna hop in a late model? Yeah, how about that? I that was one of the last things I would expect him to see. But then again, he's covered all disciplines. Then you know he's dominated big block modifies. He does have a World of Outlaws not standing drink sprint car series win up in Canada, and you know he's gonna go out there and give it hell in a in a super late model down at All Tech this weekend. So really excited to see that. But he's got one guy to contend with there, Chris, and that's gonna be one Kyle Larson. Well, yeah, you're anytime Kyle Larson gets in a race car, the odds change. You know, the, the bookies <laughs> out in Vegas or the bookmakers, I should say. And especially in that Rumsey number six, because that Rumsey number six is a rocket ship. I mean, T Mac, he did very well in that car there until he went back over to the 39 team. But still, I mean, that number six car, that is no slouch of equipment behind that. Yeah, Larson's in, he, he's in different territory here. I'm really interested to see what Friesen's able to do because, at least from to my knowledge, there is no different driving of a race car than a big block versus a super late model. With that being said, though, Ryan Watt and some of these guys around here have started the transition to the suspension geometry being similar mm-hmm. to that of a late model. So it's going to be really cool to see. Yep. Something tells me this is nothing more than a test of what's coming for big block season. I'm, I'm going to well. agree with you there. I mean, um, last year we we finally switched over to the left side panhard um, stuff with our with our modified. And it, it it's funky when you first put it together. You're, you're trying to figure out how the hell does this thing work. But, you know, it's. Speaking of Ryan White, I know he helped us with a couple of things last year um, when we were blowing drive shafts every every goddamn week. He actually mentioned to us that we needed to like shave a little bit off of the yoke so that uh, everything would clear right. And so, hats off to him and thank you. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, the things that they're doing with the modifieds these days, and you know, it, it kind of looks like a late model in the rear end. How that left rear sneaker kind of just sneaks up behind that body panel. Yeah, I will say this. I hope to everything holy that big block modifieds don't end up looking like late models. No, those cars are goofy ass things when they're not moving, and then you start them (laughs) moving and you go, What the hell am I looking at? The tires are pointed one way, the front end's pointed 100 degrees, 180 degrees the other way. There is nothing sillier on earth than a dirt late model. Yeah, well, and they like they, I mean, look at the IMCA modifieds. If you put you put a front clip on that thing, you got a, you got a late model right Stop there. Stop it! Stop it! That's not a modified. Let that is not a start mod- dropping <laughs> hammers <laughs> now, boys. If that's, the, if, that's the, if that's the comparison you want to make, that's what you got already. An IMCA modified is you put a front clip on it, you put a spoiler on the back of it, you got a dirt late model. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they might have, like, why don't they just call them Midwest Modifieds, like Mod Lights or something? You know, How about like, we start the late discussion model lights. of everybody should be running an IMCA Modified? How about no? No. no. Everybody. I like, my Northeast, I like my Northeast Big Blocks. I like my Northeast yeah. Big Blocks. I like the difference. And we. I like the discussion of having what's a real Modified, which we all know that is a Northeast Big Block Modified. Yes. But let's yeah, transition yes. over here now, folks is to the Hall Wing shootout coming up here this weekend here, which the lone posse representative, as far as right now, I believe, Lance Luis, he went out there with the 69K team, 
really interested to see what they're going to do out there and kind of shocked everyone when they say, hey, we're going to go out run, uh, run out west in Arizona. All right, boys, go have at it. I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the transition to an updated hauler and trailer. Yes, their rig has been the most one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic race trailer on the face of the goddamn earth. But <laughs> it comes it, it comes to a point in time when if you want to start traveling like that, like you got to update a little bit. You can't be driving something yeah. from 1970 across the across the country and expected to make it all the way. So, you know, I, I think it's going to help Lance and that team tremendously just because they're going to be able to, to quote, get off the porch some more, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. it's going to help a little bit of, and give them a little bit more flexibility. Maybe we'll get them back to Knoxville. Maybe we'll see them at the Kings Royal this year. You know, we know they like to chase the money instead of staying, staying local. But then again, when we live in the state of Pennsylvania and we have so many good racetracks and our racetracks do pay more than most, you know, why leave? That's a lot of it is they pay more than most. And even in Central PA, look at the difference between from Central PA to Eastern PA or uh, sorry, Western PA. The difference is astounding between the payouts. I mean, we I've talked about this many times that, you know, the, everyone needs to step up their game here and try and match what Central PA is doing because the money is there. But these places got to put it back into the tracks here. Now, Central or Western PA, like Lernerville, they're starting to set their game up here. Had a big announcement mm-hmm. uh, this week, too, Western PA Speed Week. Now, y'all can stop your bitching about not having a Western PA Speed Week or a PA Speed Week come out to Western PA. I mean, they're still going to bitch. Do we really need honest. to get into the, the PA Speed Week uh, when extravaganza When Speed Week comes tonight? around, we will have this conversation. When we get to Speed Week, okay. we will have Why this do you run in Maryland? Because Hagerstown is awesome. That's simply why. Hagerstown, it's been on Hagerstown is awesome. And it's five but, minutes across the border. It's five minutes across the border. Yes. It's, it's like but still in Maryland. There is still in the state of Maryland. And how many times do we to have to go to Port list. Royal and Williams Grove? Come yes. on. Now, Thank right, you. So I'll like, say this. Why do, why do we need double shows? Okay, so Williams Grove is the only track that deserves a double show because that's where you race on a Friday night with the four tens. Simple as that. I, I think that's a fair estimate here. Is that to yeah, that's where you race on Friday nights with four tens? But what I'm saying is that week. you don't need four like, twice. You don't need Lincoln twice. We said this how many times? You don't need it. We don't need any track twice. There is enough tracks in Central Pennsylvania to go I around. Agree. Like I would love, I would love to see Big Diamond get a date. I would love to see Pathways get a date. Let's I would not love to forget see Trailways they're going to run four tens at Action Track. Yes, yeah. it, and that, that's I, that's going to be interesting. Like. Have you seen the updates lately? I mean, the updates, they're coming along yes. nicely. That that fence is, that's what they need. If they do that on the front stretch, yes. too, we got a ball game here, folks. We might have something. I like take yes. a ride down here next couple couple weeks and go down and see it. But I, yeah. if they keep working on that fence, keep doing what they're doing, we got a ball game here, folks. Doug Rose, if you're watching or somebody who knows Doug Rose is watching, how about we do a show from Kutztown? Let's get Doug on the show. Let's, let's take the show on the road out to Kutztown. The night of the four ten race, I think I'd love, I'd love to do that. But I mean, yeah. what's well, that's that's June and July. We're we're looking down there. By the way, hats off to Path Valley. They're getting the four tens back. Only downside that is same night as USAC at Bloomsburg. Oh, I hate that so much. I want to go to Path Valley. Oh. I love four tens at Path Valley, but I, you speaking can't pass of, up the USAC at Bloomsburg. Speaking of Bloomsburg, did they happen to make that announcement about their announcement that they're 
they have a, a big sprint car related thing I going on. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Did they make that I yet? Because I mean, to me, I think that's going to be the um, the that's open Sunday date on our speed week. I think oh, they're going to end up at Pass or at Bloomsburg. Yeah, but like back to the whole speed week thing, you know, like why can't every track just get a freaking date? Like, I come know, on. Buddy. Come on. I know. Because like, not I'll, everybody I'll even, gets trophy. Like, I'll, I'll even I can argue both sides have... of this coin. No, PA I, Speed Week no, should I go know. to Pennsylvania racetracks. And I like Hagerstown. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'll even PA let them Speed Week should be in PA. With that being said, we have plenty enough racetracks that you don't have to double up. How do you not go to yeah. Lernerville during PA Speed Week? Well, well I think uh, the big bitch there is because nobody one. feels like driving four hours across the state. That's the thing, and a lot of these guys here. If you put that on, you know, on a midweek show, and these guys, some of these guys work the more like the morning of before the races, and you got to drive that and then work the next day. So that's so put uh, Lernerville on a weekend. There's no, it's inexcusable to not touch the western part of the state during PA Speed Week. It's inexcusable to not touch the eastern part of the state during PA Speed Week. Get off the porch. Yeah, so I mean, all right, so better yet, you know, the whole bitch there is nobody wants to drive to Lernerville. I mean, I enjoyed the drive to Lernerville. I didn't think it was that bad. I did too. But put Lernerville, put Lernerville, on, put Lernerville on Sunday, Speed Week finale. Mm-hmm. Move move the Sealands Grove date from Sunday to Saturday, okay? Mm-hmm. So then you start, you start Williams Grove, go to Lincoln, special occasion path or uh, Port Royal Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you feel like you need a break, take – Take Monday or uh, Saturday, Sunday off. Go to. No, you need a Sunday show. I think you take Monday off. If you take either day way, off, I think you take Monday you off. Yeah, either either way with those two days, and then you have your typical Tuesday Grand Tuesday at Grandview. Run Big Diamond Wednesday. What's it going to hurt? You know, go to take a trip out to Bedford. There, there's enough tracks yeah. to go around to be able. So everybody gets a date, everybody profits, everybody makes money. You know, like I agree. Yeah, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be Lincoln getting two days and like because what's the point? What is the goddamn point of having two dates? I get it. Everybody wants to make their own money, but there's those tracks that don't get to see spring cars all that often, and they're still gonna make their money. Like Port Royal and- isn't going to to lose out on money if they don't have a second speed week date. Lincoln is not going to lose out on money if they don't have a second speed week date. Neither is Williams Grove. No, and it's some of the logistics too. Like, I don't agree with, like, say on how on that Sunday we went from Lincoln to Seals Grove or else from Lincoln to Path Valley and then back to Lincoln on Monday. That's a, that's a hell of a trip, but it's, like, there's just a lot of logistics things. And, like, Granby to Hagerstown, I mean, that's a that's rough there in itself because you're going from the farthest track east to now the farthest track south. And then on yeah. Friday, you got to back or Thursday night, then you got to go back to either Port Royal or whatever. Then you go up to the farthest track up north. So, so what I think it should go, as I said, you start Friday night at the Grove and I'm, and I'm going to piss you guys off here because like I said, I believe the Grove should be the only track at two days because that's where you race on Friday nights uh, for four ten sprint cars. So that's, that's my opinion on that. Saturday, the first Saturday, you flip it each year. Odd years, you go to Lincoln. Even years, you go to Port Royal on the first Saturday. Sunday, you go to Bloomsburg. 
Uh, Monday, Big Diamond. Tuesday, uh, Lincoln. Or, sorry, not Lincoln, uh, Grandview. Wednesday, you probably that should probably be either Seals Grove or Big or, um, uh, trying to think here. Probably Seals Grove on Wednesday. I like, I think that's better from Big Diamond and Seals Grove. Thursday, I think Hager Sound. I'm keeping Hager Sound on because the racing has always been very good down at Hager Sound. It's one of their better shows that they put on down there. The place is packed. It kind of helps save the track every year for the amount of fans that they've been getting down there the last couple of years. And the racing has been far, has been second to none. And a lot of the bigger names, that's like their last race that they can go to. And they love running Hager Sound. So I'm going to keep Hager Sound on that one. I don't, I don't mind Hager Sound. I, I don't mind the Hager Sound on there. It's been a staple on no. Speed Week for fucking forever. Just so just leave it there. Like, just leave it there. There's I don't care. Like, even if you just add another date on there, like, oh, okay, speed week, seven days. But you take a day off, so you're still only racing six days. Make it an eight-day speed week. You still get your day off, and all of the tracks in the area get to run a race. You know, I really like how we started this conversation on Arizona, and now we're back in Pennsylvania speed week. I just exactly. But anyway, back get to Arizona. Ports, boys. As, as as of right. the cars that I've seen so far, World of Outlaws, All Stars, so on and so forth, who is your favorite car that is signed into the pits so far? And if you don't say Donnie Shots, and I am not a Donnie Shots fan by any any amount, but if you don't think Donnie Shots has one of the most beautiful race cars this year in that silver with the blue and the red, I'm gonna drive the tree mount and smack you upside the head. Can, can we discuss this for just a moment? Okay. Last year was the year of the white sprint car. When did this year become yeah. monochromatic gray with orange? As a photographer, I don't care. I love it. Because it's two of my favorite colors. Until they start adding it. the reflective stuff to it. And then it blows yeah, up every picture like you take. Like Seabell's okay car? That. I'm not a fan of the They'll reflective. Yes. Now, if you get somebody like Danny's car with that that red on it there, like when he had the blue and the candy apple red a few years ago, that thing mm-hmm. took beautiful pictures, especially when the sun glistened off it. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Yes. But now, you know, Seabell's car, that thing pisses me off. Beautiful car in the daylight, terrible car to shoot at night. But you do get some yep. – if you get it right, you do get some pretty badass shots out of it. Anyway, uh, yeah, Donnie's is right up there with one of my favorite cars. I think Brock's and Gravel's, how, they're very similar, Brock and Gravel's. Uh, but oh, I, God. I love See, those cars. I think it's great to I'm, Brock in the black, back in black. Yeah, I, I like Brock's car. Brock's car is absolutely gorgeous. But I, for whatever reason, I cannot stand Gravel's car. I am not really? a fan of that. Even though it's, it's I am not a fan of Brock's. it. I am not a fan of it. It's it's not exactly the same, so to speak. But in the same aspect, it's a billboard for Houston Speedway, like. Is well, there any Tom other sponsors? That... Well, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I get that. But did anybody else get it, helps you get to the racetrack? Well, or sure are you just going to put them this big on the freaking the, the panel behind the driver? Like, come on. Again, it depends who put, how much money did they put up and how much money is Todd Green putting up at Houston Speedway. And by the way, that announcement with them running a 20000 to win uh, USAC Amsoil National Sprint Car and midget races out there, I am looking forward to that. That's going to be badass. The racing at Houston yeah. is going to be badass this year. They got announced that they're going to be on Dirt Vision this year, too. So Houston's is back, baby, and 
Good for them. Good for Todd. I'm very happy to see Todd and the whole everyone out there get the uh, Houston Speedway back up and running. Um, I, definitely. I agree with you there. I, I hate seeing race tracks go away with the wind, so to speak, but I'm really glad to see that, that track's back and they're going to do great things there this year, I feel. But for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't think Houston Speedway has to be plastered everywhere on that car. Like, Put it on the top wing and let the rest of your sponsors go where they should be on the hood or on the front nose wing. You know, like we get it. It's the cars owned by basically Houston Speedway. And but still, like, come on. Well, Pig, when you get the money, you can put up there more money than what Houston's, and then you can take over their spot. No, when when I hit when I hit the Mega Millions tonight or the Powerball, whichever one didn't get hit yet, I'm buying two big block modifieds and I'm going racing. Okay, simple as that. Fair enough. So, anyway, uh, Wild West Shootout coming up this weekend here. Uh, looking forward to that out of Arizona. For, I believe this is the first time in a long time the 410's been out there. Uh, we got the Royal before the 24 this weekend. Chris, I know that's your bread and butter with the uh, IMSA series. That's uh, That'll be fun to watch coming up here this Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. They're actually going to set the starting lineup for the Rolex 24 with a 100-minute oh, really? or 100-lap. I think it's a 100-minute race. Basically, a little sprint race to set the grid for a 24-hour race coming up the following weekend. If you're not a fan of asphalt road racing, watch the Rolex 24. It's a 24-hour sprint car race. There's no lift. Oh, that's a good time. No. those guys, It's a 24-hour sprint. They beat the hell out of those race cars. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And where, where yeah. else can you see a Cadillac getting the absolute shit beat out of it? <laughs> Only at Daytona, boys. Only at Daytona, boys. So, and then uh, wrapping up this week's schedule here, we got uh, the 45th Annual Winter Nationals down at East Bay. Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, God. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. And then you lead. Yep. Oh, it's just the racing at East Bay. So good. It, don't, it changes with the time. Don't forget about the uh... – don't forget about the Winter Nationals there at Alltech with the Lucas Oil Late Models. They're there on Saturday oh, the 23rd. So that well, that'd be cool. Through the week here. We already we spent about forty five minutes on uh, late model. So thanks for joining the show, Pig. Appreciate it. That's what Anytime. we were talking about. Glad to be story. here. <laughs> what? Uh, and then, uh, you know, I that was that was how long ago? Because we got on a rant about fucking sprint cars in Arizona and Pennsylvania Speed Week. So forgive me. Yeah, <laughs> you're uh, you're forgiven, sir. You're forgiven. Uh, anyways. Uh, we're Nationals down at East Bay. We'll go from Sunday until next Saturday. And then uh, starting next Wednesday night is, uh, I believe that'll be practice night for the uh, uh, Short Track Super Series Florida Swing down at Bubba Raceway Park. Uh, looking forward to seeing them down at Bubba. And, uh, yeah, I, racing season's here. And then next Thursday night when we're on the air here, we're going to try and knock a show out real quick or maybe do a watch-along because the all these parking all-star circuit champions met by Mobile One. They start up at Screven next uh, next Thursday night. Cannot wait for that. Finally, some All-Stars here. How about this one, boys? Since we got the scoreboard up here, we, we've sort of repurposed it. But what do you think? Okay. A dollar for every drink, a dollar for every cuss. And we'll give it to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, UPMC, Children's Hospital, something out there in Pittsburgh. And Hershey Children's out there in the central part of the state. We'll split the money up. What do you think? I like yeah. it. Do it do like a monthly count, or what do you want to do with that? Yeah, we'll do it every month, and I'll cut the check. Okay, perfect. That works perfect. for me, boys. If that works, 
For, I love it. Always helping everything out. So, all right. Anyone else got anything for the greater good here? Or are we uh, we going to wrap this puppy up for the night? Uh, did we happen to tell people to send us our picks at the beginning of the show? Or should we have them no, we didn't send not. them to us throughout the week and we'll get to them next week? Yeah, Adam. people can Good send us, there. tweet us your picks. Tweet at highside underscore hustle. Get me on camera here. Good Lord. There you tweet go. at highside underscore hustle. We'll be able to put your picks up over the course of the week. And we'll feature some of the best next week. Don't forget, like us on Patreon, patreon.com slash National Racing Network. We'll bring you guys into a Discord so you can see all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And you can interact with us during the show. So you can feed them bad information and see what they spit out, just like Anchorman. Well, they already do. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I mean the comments and text that you get, they already do. Yeah. I mean, half, half of what I say is probably nonsense, but hey, nobody needs to know that. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, anyway, all right, uh, Adam, any, any final words? Mm, no, not that I can think of. Other than um, like, let's let's get some racing going. Other than right, the, we'll the little bit again. that we've we've been. Hey, it's racing season, boys, and we cannot wait to keep to join us here every week here on the High Side Hustle and bring you the very best that we possibly can here. So, all right, folks, well, thank you for joining us here tonight. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. Once again, thanks to Brett Dale and Jason McDougall for joining us here tonight. We apologize to them for technical difficulties. We'll try and do better next week. Coming next week, we'll uh, be previewing the uh, all these parking lot All-Star Circuit Championship by Mobile One down in Screven and also going into Florida Speed Weeks down in Volusia. And uh, whatever else news breaks, so it's been a very, very busy news, which we didn't even uh, – I got to – talk about Rico – Relieving himself. Well, speaking of, of his yeah, own duties. speaking of, we two talk, things. There's two so things. much to talk about. We need to talk about that. There's two more things yeah. we gotta talk about yet. Yeah. First off, uh, I know where you're probably gonna go with this, Chris. You're gonna be pissed off if I don't mention the Rico Jack Hodgeel deal. But how about Tim Schaefer to the 72? That's my first. You read my mind there, Adam. Timmy Schaefer going into the Hefner Racing number 72. I, I did not expect and that. They got, they, got got, some, they got some racing planned between Florida and they want to try and do Knoxville and Eldora. And they got some serious amount of racing played. I, I think if they if they start meshing early on in Florida, I think that could be a very, very potent combination. Just I imagine if Speed Week went to Lernerville. <laughs> He'd probably but, win hey, that race. Shape has been pretty good out here, though. He does have a couple wins, and has ran very well in that 49 Rudson car out here. So, don't Schaefer knows how to get around these tracks out this way. But he sure does. I, I digress. I, I digress. But yeah, I digress. Uh, Jimmy Schaefer. I <laughs> uh, definitely shocked me seeing him go in the 72 car since nobody heard a damn thing about that. Everyone thought Pim was going in, and then comes yeah, out early, thought- nope. After. Yeah, we all we all yep. thought Pittman was going to be on it in like a part time deal, but I guess we were wrong. Second order of business before Chris rips our fucking heads off. Um, <laughs> so how about how about Rico firing himself from his own ride and then putting none other than Jack Hodshield, who happens to be racing for his forty eighth and final year this year? Listen, it's been a it's, career for Hod. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing because Hod now finally has something he can work with and win again in. I yes. mean, it's yes. it, the talent is still there. He but he just finally has something that he can win in again. And Rico to give up it's, that ride. They've been friends for years. I'm I'm so happy. I said to multiple people asking about it's a beautiful gesture. I think 
Jack it really is. has it more is. years racing than our two 12-year-old hosts have alive together. Yeah. Bingo. 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 Attaboy, Chris. Um, but anyway, Attaboy. like... I feel, I feel the, young again. It's, it's so hard to fund... And this is coming from a modified point of things, and I can imagine it translates right over to four tens. It's so hard to run a family-owned, operated car because you don't have the, not necessarily the exposure that that these bigger teams do and you don't have the money behind you that these bigger teams do. And it gets, it gets challenging, you know, like you're trying to, to pay your crew. You're trying to travel up and down the road. I know the last couple of years he's been dealing with some, some truck and trailer issues and it, it takes a toll, especially if you're not up running in the top five, top 10, you know, to get, to get the higher payout. Cause you figure once you get from 10th on back, it, it, the payouts, what, eight, 900 bucks on a weekly basis. If you're lucky and then yes. it goes down, it goes down by 50 bucks every time you, you lose a spot. So it, it's nice to see Jack get in there in a ride that he doesn't necessarily have to, to worry about the funding side of it. And he can just go race. Like he's, he's not going to have to worry about, well, I mean, he's going to have to worry about it eventually, but you know, he's not going to have to worry about, well, if I blow this motor up or if I, fuck up and i get upside down and well then i have to pay for a wing and and you know the the whole nine yards it'll be nice to just see him get behind the wheel of a car get in it drive it drive the wheels off of it because you know he's going to and see what he can do yeah absolutely and i i, I as i said before rico being able to give up his ride for jack i mean it's only gonna be 24 25 races so it's not too many it's not too many races but still it is a, a good enough amount for Jack for what he wants to do and still hits the track he wants. Like, I mean, we're probably going to see him at Knoxville, probably see him come out here for a couple, maybe TV mm-hmm. shows or, you know, probably do Tuscarora 50 again and maybe, you know, wrap it up with the Natty Open or somewhere, you know, down in Charlotte again. But still, it, it's awesome. And then Rico and- made his own news after firing himself and going over to Paul Silva's 57 when Kyle Larson's on it. <laughs> But it's not Paul Silva's 57. All Paul right, Silva's just going to turn the... Yeah, he, Silva's just going to turn the wrenches on it, which I forget the exact owner of this car, but That's the I'm interested to car, see... Right? Yeah, something uh, like that. It, yeah. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Like, is, is Rico just in it for Arizona or is he in that for the full season? You know, if he's not racing to 57, is he going to, to get in his own car? Same with Hodgeshield is if, if he's not in the 24, is he going to be in his own familiar three? You know, like there's, we, there's still we a lot of questions to be before the show though. This could turn into an ugly orgy of sprint cars, and it's going to be fantastic because yeah. you could have nights where Hodden Shield's running the Abreu car, Abreu's running the Kozlowski car that's crew chief by Silva, while Kyle Larson is running the Silva car that's going to be while also, wrenched while by whomever, have... but probably chief by Silva. This is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like going to be like the same principle there with Dietz with uh, Gravel and PPM this year. Yeah, absolutely, and I, you're going to see success. Enrico did not have the great greatest year last year. I know he was fighting a lot, especially with the fires and that, but Enrico did not have the greatest year last year. This year here, he goes out, 
with that Kozlowski car, and he's got a great equipment underneath him, and he can really find out what his where he's at right now. And I think we're going to see Rico's win totals go up. I, I fully expect Jack to get one more win at least this year, one more win. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to be at, but I expect him and Sheldon to probably have – I would love to see if him and Sheldon at one of the Ohio tracks, like say, um, I don't know, maybe Attica for the Doty Classic or Alador – just have one more final battle out there and just that would be just oh my god it'd be amazing to watch yeah i agree with you there it, 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 it's gonna come i don't like you said i don't know where obviously it'd be really neat to see an ohio track but you, you know just as, just to have hod back in the wind column either outlaws all-stars wherever you have it it's Somewhere. gonna be a special hey, moment can we also not forget that these are three potentially incredible rides for Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, Jack Hardenshield's going to Knoxville with the car that could win that race. Yeah, because Rico's had some really great cars there. Rico has had some really really good cars there. He has, and but now Rico is going to be with the crew chief that should have won the Knoxville Nationals last two years with. Yeah. Paul Silva, and now that gives Rico a hell of a chance, and I'm sure Silva's going to have some input on the 24. I'll tell you what, it is going to be a hell of a week in Knoxville. I mean, I, I hope I remember three quarters of it, but, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to get absolutely bombed at Dingus, but, you know. Oh, that's a given. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Before we wrap uh, up here, guys. Yes. Pitbull owns a NASCAR team now. Yeah, how bizarre is do that? What, he went in with, what, what Justin with, Marks, who used yeah. to own Kyle Larson Racing, so to speak? Well, yes. with Kyle for that That's really bizarre. I, I mean, good for him. I, I like the fact that they're getting new people involved in racing, because who would have ever thought on God's green earth that Pitbull, of all people, would be involved? The same with Michael Jordan. Like, whoever yeah. thought these people would be involved in motorsports? Like, it, it's such a cool thing to see. We are seeing a changing of the guard in racing, and it you gave me a chance to mention it, but there's more than just um, Pitbull and Michael Jordan buying NASCAR teams. There's an all-female team coming for the World Endurance Championship. There's an all-female team coming in, Indi- in IndyCar. We are seeing real change coming in in the garage area, whether some of the old guys like it or not. And perhaps the dumbass of the week, Taylor gray. Um, just one more thing for the old guys to feed on the 15 year old kid Snapchatting himself driving. Oh, God. At how uh, that how was stupid, stupid was that? that was like stupid. we've like, I've seen team do it like under yellow conditions in a sprint car or a midget, but I mean, when you're full speed on the backstretch of Daytona and you just decide to, you know, I'm going to whip my selfie, can't, like my cell phone out and take a video of this. Like, how stupid can you be? Like, it, it, yeah. even though it's an ARCA car, you're still going probably well over 100 miles an hour and, and you're, you're going to drive with uh, one uh, hand like buck, while. A buck 50. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, that's just, that, that, that's idiotic to me. Like, under a caution lap, sure. Like whatever, but like full speed down the backstretch of Daytona. Eh, maybe I should have just kept your phone in your pocket, there, Chief. 
Yeah, I I get that's what they make GoPros for, and that's what they make editing yes. for. But end, I don't think they're it, I don't think they're allowed to have any. I don't think they're allowed to have any personal in-car stuff in there. I think it's just all the like no the TV cameras period. and stuff like. Nothing. No, okay. Well, that's why they don't allow GoPros even for the most part. They have to be okay. cameras that you cannot operate remotely. That's most of what the rulebook is. GoPros you can't and, really and... hook to any electronics, but some of the other cameras you can absolutely use them to tie into the car's electronic systems. So no. yeah, I can see it. Okay. And if there's I, a way I, to I, cheat, I... somebody will find it. Oh yeah, that's what race is built on. Is that if it. You always find that advantage you can't, uh, that no one else does. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Amen to that. Amen to that. So, folks, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up here for tonight. So, uh, once again, we apologize for all the issues we had here again tonight here. We thank Brett Day and Jason Google for coming on. Chris, excellent job on the interviews tonight, buddy, and hopefully we get that all straight up. We week. didn't have that many issues. We just couldn't no, hear our guests. We no. couldn't. So, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe if we can figure out next week to to get whoever our guests are on Once the video instead of the phone. You know, then again, if we're doing it from home next week again, so long as there's no COVID, be- we're going to be at Westies next week. All right, okay. that's what I like to hear. Uh, yeah, I can use me. They were. They really were. I encourage anyone to that's listening to stop out at the Westie while we're there, grab some food, grab some drinks. Cause it is, it's a, it's a really great place. It is. It's, that was my first time there. I absolutely loved it. So, all right, folks, I'll wrap it up for the high side hustle here this week here. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, uh, Na- national racing network. Don't forget also to follow us on Twitter at Highside underscore hustle, follow national racing network on YouTube as well. So for executive producer, Chris can, that's Adam. Rubright. My name is Bert. Wojcik. keep on hustling? We'll see y'all next week on the high side hustle. See y'all.